0: And now here's the host of the Talent Talk radio show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Talent Talk. We are on and but we're on a little bit later than normal as I was flying home from uh, the East Coast and I uh, appreciate everyone out there in the in the world that listens to us and tunes in live for being patient with us as we instead of canceling we decided just to go a little bit later today and it all worked out uh, almost perfectly so uh if this is the first time you're tuning in welcome if maybe you haven't been here in a while that's okay uh we're glad to have you back and if you're a long-time listener well you know you know what i'm gonna say but uh i gotta say it anyways which is this show was created because i like to talk to smart people i like to learn things i like to know what people are thinking about and try to stay up in the forefront of what's happening what are people reading what are they thinking about what are they worried about um, and how are they motivating their people and most importantly themselves? And so this show is really about having that conversation, uh, for us to have an exchange, uh, and really to talk about issues that are not only important, uh, out in the world of talent and human capital and leadership, but are specifically important to our guests, which really helps us keep it fresh, keep it, you know, interesting because it's the things that they're thinking about that are interesting to them. Um and we have had so many amazing stories over the years that I've been fortunate enough to be able to take the best ones, steal them, uh, give give credit of course, and throw them in my books, uh, The Power of Company Culture and Remote Work. You can grab those wherever you find your books online. Um Talent Talk is live usually uh every Tuesday at one PM Pacific Standard Time. We are on OC Talk Radio, we're on um on TuneIn, we are now broadcasting live on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And for those of you that like to interact live, we are doing that on Twitter. You follow at PeopleG2. Use that hashtag talent Talk. Or you can go to LinkedIn right now on my page. Find me, and there is it is literally broadcasting live right now. You can go in there, make comments, ask questions. But most importantly, Angela, my social media uh, guru, will make sure that if we've mentioned something cool, a book or a link, you know, maybe a, to a profile of our guest, she will get that in there, so in case you don't have time to write it down, you can just pop in there and go find it. So, All right, we're going to have one guest today, and go, go a little deeper, I think, and have a have a great conversation. My first guest today, uh, and only guest, is the CEO therapist, Glenn Gao. Um, he's also sometimes known as the, I think that's the AI guy, is that right? I don't, yeah, the AI guy, and an AI expert uh, to the board. Uh, Glenn holds uh, an MBA from Harvard Business School. I'm you maybe have heard that of that little institution, and a BA in quantitative management from the University of Florida. Uh, his work includes helping Apple launch new products, advising Facebook, assisting Microsoft, and more. Geez, you're not a big, if you're not a big in the tech world. I guess you haven't talked to Glenn yet. So, uh, Glenn, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thank you so much, Chris. I'm excited to be here.
1: Well, uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? I mean, I think I gave you. Uh, I gave you the big, the big hits there, but you know what's kind of what didn't I talk about? What's important for, for our listeners to know about you?
2: What, what's important to know about me is that I love what I do, Chris. I was a CEO for 25 years, and then I went into venture capital and coached the CEOs of our portfolio companies. And I just fell in love with that work. So now I do that full time. I get excited every day about waking up and saying, hey, I'm gonna be talking to CEOs today and helping them with their biggest challenges. And that's what I'm all about.
1: So I know your, your clients typically call you the CEO therapist. Well, what does that mean? Because you hear the word therapist, you think of like marriage therapist or you know crisis counselor, maybe. Uh, maybe that's what you feel like you're doing or maybe it's, it's something a little different. What does that mean?
2: Well, let me, let me back up just a second in order to answer that question. There are three main issues that CEOs tend to have, big challenges it with. Mm-hmm. The first is scaling, the second is leadership, and the third is the mental game. So in the world of scaling, it's about raising money, about creating product market fit, and about growing faster. In the world of leading and leadership, it's about talent acquisition and development, and managing their board. The third area, the mental game, is where the CEO therapist moniker got created. My clients call me that because this is about taking on the massive responsibilities of a CEO, which is enormous pressure for many, many CEOs, and dealing with crises because no plan really survives contact with the enemy. And so crises happen. The CEO has no one else to talk to. They can't talk to their team about their real concerns. They're supposed to be motivating their team. They can't talk to the board about the things they're really worried about because the board can fire them or their family members can fire them if they're part of a a family organization. So they need someone to talk to. And sometimes that's the most valuable thing I can do is be on the other side and listen.
1: Yeah, and and that's super important. And I, I don't think that most people realize how lonely it can be to be a CEO and, and the farther you go up in on that leadership path the lonelier it can get um, I, I've been involved in in some of that coaching that you're talking about and also in CEO groups for years and I you know you think you're gonna walk into this meeting sometimes talking about you know uh, deficit credits or, or strategy or whatever and what we're talking about is that they're in the middle of a divorce uh, that their kids went into rehab that you know we're talking about very personal things that are just they have no one else to talk to i right? yeah, no yeah. one else to help them
2: right exactly exactly right i got a call from one of my ceos he said glenn my fiance just left me i don't know what to do <laughs> <laughs> now the good news is we got her back okay but but it required behavior change right Regard uh, that the ceo actually had to pay attention to this person and they weren't right they were just working all the time and that was that, that's very common, right? The challenges that happen in the personal life because of the pressures in the business life.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe don't uh, work so much that they have to leave you in order for them to,
2: you know, get your attention, <laughs> exactly. right? <laughs> exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and for as smart as our CEOs uh, can be, they can, you know, there can be this blind spot, I think, at times, right? Because they're being asked to do so many things, make so many decisions.
2: There can be these blind spots in other parts of their lives. There are, there are huge blind spots um, and, and it comes from the, the pressure. You would think that when you achieve CEO status uh okay, all of a sudden I'm, I'm happy. Uh, yeah. but, but that's rarely the case. In fact, what I, when I work with CEOs, I tell them I have only two objectives in working with them. I want them to be more successful, however they define success. And I want them to be happy because why else are we doing this if they're not enjoying the journey? And, and and so happiness falls into how you act in work and how you create balance in your life so you can enjoy what you're doing every day.
1: Well, and that's probably everybody's goal, right? Is to be successful, to be happy. And yet, uh, you know, I, probably most people have a pretty misguided understanding or misguided you know, thought about what that really means. I mean, we're told if you have more money, you'll be happier, right? If you have that job, you have that, perfect spouse, that perfect house, all that stuff. And that's, as you're already demonstrating, right? They get that job. They get the money. They get all that stuff. And they're not happy or they have problems. And I, I would say, if you're not happy to begin with, you're not going to be happy being in charge.
2: <laughs> no, you have to work on yourself. And, and, and the beauty of my work is that I only take on CEOs that are committed to personal change.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it turns out that personal change is going to help them in both areas of their life, the business world and the personal world. And if they're willing to take on that commitment to personal change, we're going to make magic happen.
1: So, so beyond you know, uh, you mentioned you know the success and happy, but where else do you focus? I mean, is this you know getting into uh, more of their professional life to start? Is it more into their personal life? I mean, where does that focus kind of really start when you first kind of get someone going into your process?
2: Well, here's the interesting thing about my particular approach is that my CEOs don't have to prepare for any meeting with me. And by the way, they really like that, no extra work (laughs) on the table. So we just come in and we start talking about the issues. And what's really interesting is that if you're a great listener, the issues emerge in language. And what we'll discover is that they're challenged with raising money or with managing the finances or with a particularly challenging individual on the team. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a lot of questions to get to the core of that issue. Mm -hmm. And you know, the beauty of working only with the CEO is that ultimately the core of the issue is the CEO. It has to do with how they're thinking about the world, how they're interacting with people, how they're communicating. And that's what I want them to recognize is that they can improve based on the feedback they're going to get from the world and from me. And they can perform at a higher level if they're self-aware, if they're listening to that feedback.
1: Yeah, and the CEO has so much to do. And in some organizations, they are the totally the personality. They are exactly what's happening. In uh, some organizations, they have a big impact on it. Maybe their organization is so big or been around for so long that you can feel their presence, maybe they're not completely uh, guilty for everything that may be all the sins of the company. But something you said at the very beginning, and I want to make sure people hear this, because you said you when the CEOs come, they don't have to do any work when they show up for your for that call, right? They, don't, they can right. just show up and do the... And, and I think that's one of the most underrated, unappreciated things. If you're trying to get somebody else, especially a high-up leader, you're trying to get a CEO or... An S, B, whatever. If you want them to help you to 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 do something for you, right? And I've had people ask them to be on, you know, webinars, ask them to be on different things that would help me too, right? I will tell you when I ask them, I say, All you have to do is show up. <laughs> and they're like they write back and say, I'm in.
2: <laughs> right?
1: All you have to do is show up. I will get everything else to you. I will prepare for you. You don't have to do, because people are constantly asking them to do things, asking them for their time. Exactly. And they don't, and they don't have time. Right?
2: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, what I, one of my favorite things is so I usually meet one hour a week with my CEOs. Uh, but sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes a big board meeting is coming up mm-hmm. and I'll get a call on a Thursday night. Glenn, can we spend half an hour? on a a Zoom call to prepare for the meeting because I have these big issues I would need to address. Those are my favorite times where I can add tremendous value in the moment where the CEO really needs it.
1: So as you're kind of helping these CEOs and you started that process, I imagine that they begin to become, hopefully, a little bit more self-aware. Maybe at first some of the things they've heard before (laughs) that they've ignored. (laughs) And then maybe a few new things i hadn't realized or thought about because of your experience and because of your uh you know pedigree to this point um you know how does that begin to benefit them and does that also then begin to benefit the people that are
2: managing the, the people the family and the other people in their lives well the the beauty of most of the ceos i work with is that they are on a quest to grow mm. okay if you're on a quest to grow what that means is that you personally need to grow. If you're gonna grow the organization, you're gonna grow the company. And the, the what happens is that a CEO is, off. well, I'll just mention a little statistic. When I was in venture capital, we fired 60% of the CEOs who are in our portfolio. This wasn't because they weren't great when we first initially invested in them, it's because they couldn't scale. Mm. And scale means that you have certain talents today that work really well for the company as it looks today. But in order for you to get the company to the next level, you need different skills, you need different talents. And guess what? Most CEOs don't wanna be swapped out for someone else. So the option is to learn, to grow, to grab onto new tools. And part of my job, this is the way I describe it to my CEOs, is I'm gonna nudge you out of your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is what you know today, what what you're comfortable with. And yet that's not going to be enough. Growth means being uncomfortable, trying new things, experimenting, going out on a limb, developing new skills, using new tools. And that's what I'm really encouraging my CEOs to do in order for them to grow the company they need to grow themselves personally. And then that has a ripple effect on the rest of the organization as well. And, and the CEO realizes they need to do the same thing with their executive leadership team right
1: I mean people have heard that term you know the people that got you here aren't necessarily the people who are going to get you there and and yet I you see so many times that they think but except for me I, I'm <laughs> <Right>. always exceptions <laughs> to the rule Chris <laughs> you know and you you you're dumping 60% of these CEOs who are probably fantastic leaders fantastic people they had businesses that Or worthy of being bought or invested into and and yet you're 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 right it it, things have to change that's right Uh, and it's either going to be the name on their door or it's going to be them right that's right is this all about them being introspective or is there some part of this that is you know in getting them out of their comfort zone is this you know exposing them to to particular books or particular thought processes i mean It can't all, in my mind, I'm guessing, can't all be about, you know, what are my weaknesses and what are my problems. It's also about maybe leveling up in in areas and skills where they could get better, right?
2: That's right. It's identifying the things that aren't working and understanding that ultimately, because I'm dealing only with the CEO, ultimately it's it's them that own the responsibility. They 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 own it. So I'll give you I'll give you an example, a kind of a funny little story. Um, one of my CEOs was hiring senior executives and those senior executives were accepting the offer and two weeks later, they didn't show up. Hmm. This happened in multiple cases. And I said, well, what's happening between the time they accept the offer and the day they're supposed to show up? And the CEO says, well, the recruiters handling that. And I said, When they sign the offer letter, you need to get on an airplane and you need to fly out and take them and their spouse out to dinner. You need to build a relationship with them the moment they've decided they want to join you. And my CEO said, well, Glenn, Glenn, I don't really like people all that much. (laughs) So, 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 So not only do we not want to do that, but I wouldn't know what to say during a dinner. I said, look, this is not hard. I'm gonna give you a list of open-ended questions. All you have to do is ask these questions and listen. And you will bond with this person. And, and, and to this CEO's credit, they're doing that. They're doing that now. Right. They're going out, they realize that was something they didn't enjoy, so they avoided it. And yet it was critical to building relationship with a senior executive that was gonna be on their team. And now that's working. So that's just a simple, funny story about how I can nudge them out of their comfort zone, give them a few simple skills. And, and he's still not going to be great at that, but much better than he was before.
1: I mean, I think it's, I was laughing. I'm sure some people were laughing. That there'd be a CEO that says, I don't know if I really like people, you know, and we think of CEOs as being kind of our, our, our person. They need to be our leader, our, you know, uh, sort of our, our hero, right. In, the, in that regard. And, um, may, maybe we might assume the CFO might be a little, little less people centric, but to have a CEO, I guess I kind of, I could see them pushing it off to their CHRO or something. Or you said the recruiter and just saying, yeah, you, you deal with that, and you know, get them going when they show up here. We'll, we'll
2: talk. Maybe. Well, what, what, what happens, Chris? And I just happen to use an example of a technical CEO. But what happens is that we as leaders have success patterns. And we Mm -hmm. lean on those success patterns because guess what, they work. They work almost all the time until, until they don't work. And then when they're not working, this is where it's very difficult for a CEO to say, I'm not sure why this isn't working because I'm using my success patterns, but because the company's scaling, because the world around them is changing, they need new success patterns. And this is where a coach comes in to point out that those things aren't working for you in the moment because you need new ones and a coach, because they're not in the day to day, they can see where you need to go. It's kind of like Wayne Gretzky, right? Successful because he skated where the puck was going, not where it was. It's the same thing for a CEO. A CEO needs to figure out where the company is going and build their skill set to enable them to be successful there. And a coach can help you, point in the right direction.
1: Well, so I love the idea of of what you said, because I often, I think when we have really good outcomes and good behaviors, those happen a lot of times for the same reasons we have bad outcomes and and, and bad behaviors, which is there's bad systems, right? There's good systems and there's bad systems. Um, And if a CEO can be in a good system, if they're using those success patterns to create a good system, and they should be okay. I mean, it's, we all, we all need coaches. We all need help. We all need someone to tell us if we're on the right, help us figure out if we're on the right track or not. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, we create the right system and, and if that success pattern is creating a bad system in some part of, of the organization, yeah, it, it's going to really become a problem. And so, so, you know, then what sort of happens when CEOs aren't changing? You know, is that, is it, people are leaving out the, out the door? Is it that we aren't innovating? I mean, wh- what are some of the biggest things we should be worried about?
2: Well, if a CEO isn't changing, uh, it's a very personal thing to me, and it means I'm not doing my job. And so if, if if we have an ongoing dialogue, a CEO and I, and they're not willing to step out of their comfort zone, they're not willing to take on these new challenges, they're not willing to take my coaching, I'll fire myself. I'll say, mm-hmm. look, we're wasting our time here. Um, I, I I know what you need to do. I'm, I'm giving you the advice. I've seen the movie before. <laughs> and if you're just not ready for that, for whatever reason, then let's, let's part ways. Uh, because the job is about change. The job is right. about continual improvement. And unless they embrace that and I and I can't always get them to embrace that. I mean, I, I would say in vast majority of the cases they do. Uh, but that's yes. that's what happens when change isn't happening because they're gonna remain frustrated. They're gonna remain in the cycle of trying to solve the problem the same way they always have, which is the definition of insanity. Yeah. And they're they're not gonna succeed. And and that's that's gonna ruin my set of objectives for them, helping them be successful and happy. They're not gonna get there.
1: You get some CEOs that when you go and do that, basically the it's time for a breakup that, that that's finally the moment where they're willing to give in that, that if you're willing to walk away from working with them from the money that you're making right you're willing to say
2: i have a i have a line here and we can't go any further right well it, it is it is a wake-up call it's it's a wake-up mm-hmm. call when 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 a coach says this isn't working <laughs> um because one of the things I'll, I'll tell you why one one of the things i will say to my ceos is that look If things are going well in the company and in your life, you need to take some credit for that. And oh, by the way, CEOs are terrible at taking credit and celebrating. They're terrible at it. I have to tell CEOs, just take your spouse out to dinner. You haven't, you haven't celebrated the fact you had the best quarter you've ever had. You're focused on what's going to happen next quarter. Go celebrate. But the flip side, Chris, is that if things are not working, it's the CEO's fault. There is no one else who can take responsibility. And once the CEO begins to understand that they own responsibility for everything that's happening in their world, they recognize they must change in order for things to go better. And it's a hard realization. I had to go through that as a CEO i I, I hated my coach telling me it was my fault. I would say what do you what do you mean? It's my fault? They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing and blah blah blah. And, <laughs> Well, ultimately, I either didn't have the right culture in place, I wasn't hiring the right people, I wasn't managing them effectively, I wasn't sharing my vision with them the way I should, I was letting things happen in the organization that shouldn't be happening. All of it pointed back to me. And that turned out to be one of my most powerful learnings was -hmm. that everything I did as a CEO had this massive impact. And so I have to think very carefully about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and I have to continually improve. I had a coach, Chris, for 17 years. Wow. Why? Because I got a little bit better every month and it became like compound interest. Right. I started to look around and like, wow, I'm getting a lot better and yet I have so much to learn. One of the things I like to say to my CEOs is, look, I've made all the mistakes there are to make. (laughs) Why don't you depend on me to prevent you from making those mistakes, because mistakes in business are very, very expensive, and you don't want to go through the things I've had to go through. So lean on me, and let me help you prevent those mistakes.
1: So this is something that we've talked about on the show before, but I want to highlight it again. That this idea of getting a little bit better all the time, and so many people that I I talk to that say I, I just I couldn't ever be that. I could never learn to do that. I couldn't. You know, they seem to. Have already decided that they're gonna go as far as they're gonna go and, and and when i kind of dig into that thinking it's because they think they have to go from a to z in one step mm. right or in maybe two leaps or something and and yet when you look at successful people they are doing it one step at a time right one getting one percent better a week or one percent better a month or or whatever it may be right the best violin players didn't get there by magically going from I'm a child playing to I'm an adult on the New York Symphony, right? They practice, 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 practice. It got a little bit better all the time. That's right. So if you're lazy and don't want to put in the effort, that's a separate issue. Right. But if you're <laughs> blocked because you think you have to jump so far in such short amount of time, that is not true, right? It is about right. the incremental growth. That's right.
2: And, and we're constantly building on a foundation. And, and a CEO eventually discovers that there's a weakness in some part of the foundation. Mm-hmm. And so, great, let's go build up on that foundation. And then, then you have the foundation in place. And now you're going to start building the walls. And you're going to discover that you're better in some rooms than other rooms. But you have to, eventually, if you're going to build a structure, you're continually, the building is the learning. The building is the skill sets that you pick up. To enable the company to perform at a higher level. So a simple example is, as a, as a, if you're a, if you're a, in a startup, you might be focused on the product, or you might be focused on uh, selling the product. But quickly you're going to evolve as you become a larger company to focusing on building a team, and those mm-hmm. are two completely different skill sets. Right. And yet, oh, yeah. th- so this is where somebody can help, a guide, a a CEO, coach, usually guides people to understand that, hey, guess what? You're you're really, really strong over here. And now the company, now we're going to build walls to go back to my analogy. You need different skills to do that. And if you want to be successful, you have to figure out how to do that. And I'm here to support you, but you're going to have to go do the hard work as a CEO to build those skills and then build the organization as a result and i really imagine that you know having someone like yourself helping people
1: and this is the same for maybe a traditional therapist or any other type of coach, is that we should be asking the people we're working with to identify the biggest issues that are getting in their way and then having them do the work on those biggest issues first because inevitably they will they know there's these five things and the fifth one is just this tiny thing like well let's just do all of our work over there and that little easy one that I can avoid all the other big ones, right? Right, right. We need someone to tell us, no, your biggest issue is this and you've got to work on that or none of this other stuff matters because like the example you gave, (laughs) you can't get senior leaders you just hired to show up to work, you can't create a culture, you can't get, you know, you can't meet your goals for your company, if you've got no one to work, (laughs) Right to lead your team, lead those teams. You got nothing.
2: So that's right. Right. That's right. Exactly right. Yeah. Good point.
1: So uh, you know, before we go, I want to make sure we ask a couple of our most important questions, and that is: Sure. Is, is there a book that you're reading these days, or is there a book maybe you typically suggest that you know your CEOs or other people check out as a as
2: a good leadership tool? I'll give you two, which are not common CEO books. Okay. Uh, the first one's called Behave by a Stanford professor named Robert Sapolsky. And it's about why do we do what we do? This delves deeply into the world of self-awareness. And and when you begin to understand that there are all these elements outside of you and inside your neural pathways that cause you to do things in a certain way, you start to recognize you don't have to do them the way you've learned you have options to change and improve. So I I find it a very powerful way of thinking, this book called Behave. The other one, a little closer to uh, what I would call a CEO book, is The Art of Impossible. Hmm. And it's how do we accomplish things that don't seem possible on the surface? And lots and lots of tools in, in, in that book. Uh, one, of, one of my CEOs just told me he's put, putting it under his pillow every night and hoping that it'll just seep through into his brain. <laughs> I'm encouraging him to read it, but we're not there yet. <laughs> right, right. Well, you can always turn on the audio and then try to go to sleep.
1: I guess that'll be one way to you know, get it in there. But uh, yeah, well, those, uh, those are two that we have not heard on this show. We've heard a lot of books from a lot of guests, and we've had a lot of repeats. Have some great ones that are uh, worth reading but those are two we have not heard so I'm excited to add those to my list for my book clubs and people, things I suggest to people because I'm always looking for a, a great book that can inspire somebody Because I think if you're not reading or, or listening um, you know, t- to books then you're missing out on a whole world of knowledge and a whole place of someone who took the time to put together some articulate thoughts uh, Totally agree uh, Very uh, good, good to help you yeah. couldn't agree more.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and listen, I, to podcasts too, right?
1: And podcasts are great too, absolutely. And those are those are for the smaller. I think the smaller tidbits and the quick, those are the quick fire, was like a blog or something, which I, I think is great too. But sometimes you just need to like really get into something and and question everything you know, or get inspired, or I, you know, I've, I've read a book and then like had only one thing that I really resonate with, but that one thing I have kept with me forever after that time,
2: right? That's right, Chris. I say you only need to get one nugget out of a book. Right. right. So spend right. the time to get that nugget cuz that alone can be worth it.
1: It was about 8 years where every book told me the same five stories about Steve Jobs and I, you know, just had to go get through it, okay. Yeah, I know that <laughs> example. But then they would get to their point. Okay, that's a great point. I can I that, you know, I can learn from that. So
2: <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well,
1: the most important question how can people get a hold of you how can they find out more about you where should they go to learn more about
2: you and all your great work it's really simple uh it's at my website which is my name so it's glengow.com and that's glenn with two n's and dot com. so don't forget
1: all the books all the links all the cool stuff that, that glenn said we have on either linkedin you can go and find the post where the video is and we'll have some comments there. There's even more on Twitter. So if you go to at PeopleG2, you can find those links easily uh, in case you weren't able to write them down or or, or forget them uh, later on or something, they'll be there for you. Uh, and Glenn, thank you so much for, for all your fabulous insights and, and teaching us something today, uh, for being flexible with me with our uh, bizarre schedule today. I really appreciate it. And I would love to have you come back at some point and keep teaching us uh, all the important lessons that you're focusing on.
2: Absolutely, Chris. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you for having me as a guest.
1: All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to today's show. Hopefully, you've gained something you can use in your own career in a positive way. Until next time, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today.
0: You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio, brought to you by People G2.